At a recent board game day at the library, I was left as the odd man out. That did not bother me. I was happy to see so many people playing so many games. A fellow game nerd had his bag of games there. He said that I could have a look, so naturally, I did. He had For Sale, a game that has been mentioned by a few guests and has come up in a few books that I have read. I sat down with it, opened the box, and was immediately distracted by the insert, having advertising for the Bookshelf series. Now, this was an old advertisement. It only listed games 1 through 10 or possibly even 12, but now there are 29 games in this series. Anyway, I had heard of a few of these games and recognized a few of the designers. Rainer Knizia had a few games in this collection, and I was curious how much they would be. Being in a library, I just walked next door to the computer lab to take a look. I bought three of his games, Gym Dealer, High Society, and Looting London. I got all three shipped for under $40. What started off as learning a game I wanted to play turned into a purchase of three games in an episode about Rainer Knizia's High Society. In high society, you and your coworkers are wealthy influencers in the 19th century. You're trying to bid for luxurious items and multipliers of your wealth while avoiding misfortune. While you are amassing your luxurious possessions, it is imperative to keep an eye on your fortune. While the player with the most valuable luxurious collection wins, the player must not have the lowest fortune left in hand. In other words, can you balance your wealth and opulence better than your coworkers and become part of the high society? Welcome back to Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Let's take a look at the rule clarity for high society. As with each game in this series that I have played, the rules are quite short, tight, clear and concise, and full of relevant examples. I must say I am a fan of this bookshelf series so far. Time to explain to newcomers. It takes about five to seven minutes to explain to newcomers. The hardest thing to explain are the misfortune cards and how they work and how the auctioning works for these unfortunate cards. This can be reiterated when they first come up in the game. Gameplay. The gameplay is quite simple. Each player takes their hand of 11 money cards. This is your starting wealth. These cards range in value from 1 million to 25 million. The object of high society is to be the player with the highest value of luxury possessions, but not the lowest wealth. Shuffle the 16 possession cards and place the stack face down. Flip the top card over, and this is the first possession up for auction. The auction mechanic in high society is very unique. The starting player, or the person who took the last possession card, has the option to bid or pass on the current possession card up for auction. If the choice is bid, any amount of cards may be played. Then the player to the left has the same choices, either outbid the player to their right or pass. This continues until everyone passes back to the player with the high bid. Here's the caveat about bidding that I said was so unique. 
Once a card is used to bid, it cannot be taken back up. So if you want to increase your bid, you have to play another card. No change may be made. The player who bids the highest pays their bid, discarding the wealth cards, and takes the luxury possession card. All the other bids are taken back into the hands of their respective players. The winning bidder then flips over the next luxury card and starts the bidding again. In the rare instance, but it does happen, where no one bids on the item, the last player to pass receives it at no cost. Now, if the item up for bid is one of the misfortune cards, the bidding is different. In these four instances, you are bidding to not take the card. The player that refuses to up the bid first will take the card. But any cards bid by the non-winning or losing players are discarded. You paid this amount to not take the card. These come in three flavors. The Scandal card, which halves your points. There are two of these. Gambling Debt, which is just straight up negative five points. And Theft. Discard your lowest possession, or if you have no possessions, the first one you successfully win. Also in the deck of luxury cards are two copies of the Promotion card. This is treated like a normal luxury card for bidding purposes, but the winner will get to double their points at the end of the game if they possess one of these cards. Four of the luxury cards have a red border, two scandals, and two promotions. The game ends immediately when the fourth red bordered card appears. It is not bid on. Any yellow bordered cards still face down in the draw pile are also not bid on. The end can come fast or be the last card flipped. Once three red bordered cards have been flipped, prepare for every round to be the last. When the game ends, add up your wealth cards left in your hand. The player with the lowest wealth is eliminated. The player did not balance wealth and luxury well and therefore cannot win the game. Next, the remaining players add up and subtract all yellow cards before multiplying or dividing red cards. Yes, it is the opposite of the standard math order of operations. Then the player with the highest value of luxury wins. If there is a tie the player with the highest wealth remaining wins. Component quality. I have the Eagle Griffin Bookshelf Series Edition from 2008. The fortune cards are a nice linen finish. I do not think they need to be sleeved as they are not shuffled. They are just played. The recognition and misfortune cards in the set are a nice thick chipboard. I do not think either of these sets of cards will wear out anytime soon, which is a plus since it will be seeing a lot of table time. Lunchtime potential. Absolutely! We learned it and played it three times the first day. The blended mechanics and winning conditions drew us in, and we kept coming back for more. This is a perfect lunch half-hour game. Replayability. I think I just answered that. This game is fantastically replayable. It is great at low player count, like three, and just as great at five players. The strategy remains the same, but the amount of people playing makes it hard to keep track of who has played what, and also when to bid on what, and when to let it go. 
This is a game that I have introduced outside of my office to my weekly gaming group. They tend to be a bit harder to please, but they are open to filler games. I was a bit wary to introduce this to them, but not only did they like it, we played it back to back before calling it a night. I was also told to keep it in the rotation, and that is high praise coming from them. Artwork. Again, I have the Eagle Griffin bookshelf series from 2008. The artwork by Paul Niemeyer fits the theme very well. Each of the 10 luxury cards depicts something considered, well, luxurious. As you climb the scale up the ladder from 1 to 10, you pass by jewels and paintings on your way to the large estate. Expansions. There are no expansions for high society. Other. The only other I have is, oddly, there's a travel edition for high society. I cannot fathom why you would need this. The game box is already pretty small, but there is some room for shrinking it, I guess, and that is all I could think of. The game is just a deck of cards and some cardboard placards. Bang for the buck. For the $8-ish that I spent, I could not have been happier. It is currently in production by Osprey Games for $20. For that price, it is still a steal. It will provide plenty of enjoyment. It plays 3-5 to five players, and each player count offers a slightly different experience. Summary. Rainer Knizia has designed a lot of games. Like, a lot, a lot. High Society is his take on an auction game, and I love it. I love that it is not a standard auction game. The whole mechanic of bidding sets the game apart. I love that you can't make change. I love that you have to pay to not get the misfortune cards. I love that it's not the person who won the most successful bids that wins the game. The balancing of wealth and luxury is great. I also like the aspect of trying to remember who has spent what cards. Who has high values left? Who doesn't? Do I have enough money left to raise the bid? Do I have more money than at least one of my coworkers? Each game you're asking these questions, and each game could have a completely different answer depending on the order and which luxury cards have come up and who you're playing against. It is this slight chaos that keeps my coworkers, friends, and me coming back to this game. It plays fast, and each game can be a surprise as to what comes up and when. For instance, our first game, the last card, was the fourth red bordered card. The most recent game, the first two cards were misfortune cards, and we had to decide how we felt about being negative points out of the gate. It currently stands with an impressive 7.2 on Board Game Geek with over 13,000 ratings. That is pretty decent for a game that is almost 30 years old. Give it a try. You will be glad you did. And as always, you can reach out to me at eatlunchandboardgame.com, facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame, and you can always email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And remember, board games build bridges. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.